Good evening, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the online uh, worship. Last week we talked about uh, Solomon. He married the foreign woman, even though he's the wisest of kings. And God has uh, used him to build a temple and appear to him in a very, very special way into the nation. And despite of that, Solomon, because of marriage, begins to worship Baal and allow uh, Zezebelic influence to come upon his life and uh, destroy the future of the nation. And tonight, we want to talk about the schemes of Zezebel. The Zezebelic spirit is a spirit of rebellion and witchcraft. And it will try and cause the children of God to be deceived, misled, and to break covenant with God. And we learned that uh, Zezebelic spirit also come in because of uh, emotional hurts and rejection, and as a result, insecurity in our life. And that, the, that will also open doors for the Zezebelic spirit to come in. But uh, we want to go a little bit deeper to look at the schemes of uh, how the Zezebelic spirit work uh, tonight. So Zezebelic spirit will wants to rob you of the inheritance that you have from your forefathers. She will want to rob you of the inheritance that we have in the covenant. Let's read 1 King 21, verse 1 onwards. 1 King 21, verse 1. Sometime later, there was an incident involving a vineyard belonging to Naboth, the Zerulite. The vineyard was in Zezebel, uh, it was in Zeru, close to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab said to Naboth, Let me have your vineyard to use for a vegetable garden, since it is close to my palace. In exchange, I will give you a better vineyard, or if you prefer, I will pay you whatever it is worth. But Naboth replied, The law forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. So, the scripture begins by saying, Sometime later, what happened before that? We know that was referring to Elijah the prophet calling down fire from heaven to burn up the sacrifice and also to kill many of the prophets of Baal. And uh, after this incident, sometime later, the Zezebelic inference is still there. And so when we do not deal with the root of the problem, the Zezebelic spirit will continue to work. 
And uh, if we trace back history, even after the death of uh, Ahab, the king, this spirit continued to work in the nation of Israel down through the generation. So sometime later, it also implied that God has given Zezebel time to repent, but she refused according to the book of Revelation. And uh, what happened? It says here, there was an incident involving a vineyard belonging to Naboth. So, it sounds harmless, there was an incident. But this is no extraordinary incident because it involved the inheritance that God has given to the generation passed down from his forefathers to neighbor. And uh, that resulted in judgment coming to King Ahab and Zezebel. You know, prior to this, Zezebel has already done a lot of evil and killed the prophets of God. And despite of all this, God has not yet pronounced judgment, or rather, God has not rise up to act in judgment of Ahab and Zezebel until this incident. So that's why this incident is significant because it involves a vineyard and that vineyard is an inheritance passed down because of the covenant. And uh, so when we touch the inheritance that God has given through the covenant, God will rise up and begins to judge. So, isn't it shocking, despite the fact that many prophets of God has been killed, it has not pushed God to the point of rising up to judge until this incident. It's not that the other incidents are not severe, and you know, God was still waiting his time, but when this incident happened, he rises up. And he begins to act. And so King Ahab discovered this uh, vineyard that is very close to his palace. And uh, naturally, he wants to have this vineyard uh, so that it is part of his property. But Ahab is not, is not we mentioned that he's not... Uh, really that bad as compared with Zezebel. Okay, so he seems quite fair. And he go to Naboth and say, hey, sell me your, your vineyard because it's close by my palace. Just name your price. Whatever you ask, I will give it to you. Or I will we will exchange. I will give you a better vineyard, a more profitable vineyard for you to, to have. But you let me have your vineyard because it's close to my palace. 
You see, in a natural sense, in an economic sense, Ahab has given Naboth an offer that he cannot refuse. Can you imagine? Someone want to exchange your vineyard and paying way above the price that this vineyard is worth or is willing to exchange a better vineyard for you to have in exchange of this one. And uh, Naboth did not buy the idea. And in fact, we, we read that Naboth replied and said, the law forbid. So the reason why Naboth refused such an irresistible offer is because the land is tied down to the covenant. The land is an inheritance that hands down from the forefather. And that's why he said, the Lord forbid. Because Naboth is a man who honors God, who wants to keep the inheritance and, and keep the covenant that God has made with his forefathers and with him and his generations to come. So he said, the Lord forbid. Because he honors God and he honors covenant. And then he said, that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. So, this uh, tells us that we need to resist the, the inference of, of Jezebel. We need to fight against this Jezebelic spirit who wants to take over our inheritance through the covenant. We, we have to fight it at any price. Okay? Even though people may tempt you with such a, a, a good offer, but we have to fight against it because it has to do with the, with the covenant. And that's why it's recorded in the Bible because it's significant. It has meaning. It's not just another evil deeds that, that uh, Zezbel and King Ahab has done. And that's why we need to learn from this particular incident. And uh, so we are to fight to keep the covenant, not even though we may need to suffer economic loss. And we need to look at ourselves. Some of us, we, we put the gain, the economic gain, as our priority. But we learn from this incident, we need to keep the covenant even though we need to suffer economic loss. And uh, no matter how great the love we have for the other person, but if it involves the covenant, we got to stand firm, we got to resist. Solomon did not. And even Solomon was uh, misled or, or failed uh, in this respect. Okay, so, so this is a very significant incident. It's not just another incident. But let's look at the manipulation of Zezebel. So when King Ahab went back to the palace, and obviously he was not happy because Naboth has refused his offer. And uh, when Zezebel saw what the, how the king felt, Zezebel begins to Man, uh, arise up and manipulate in order 
Ahab can take possession of that inheritance. Let's look at uh, 1 King 21 verse 7. Zezebel, his wife, said, Is this how you act as king over Israel? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I will get you the vineyard of Naboth the Zeruelite. So, she wrote letters in Ahab's name, placed his seal on them, and sent them to the elders and nobles who live in Naboth's city with him. So, we mentioned that uh, Zezebel is not the leader, but she will come under a leader and begins to manipulate and begins to control. And she will want to influence other leaders, other influential people to work for her so that she can get what she wants. And she always worked through people, especially those in leadership. And we got to watch out because Jezebel will take away our authority that God has given to serve her purpose. So she's the one who is really in control of the king and of the leaders. So the leaders know that this letter is written by Zezebel, but in the name of the king, sealed by the king's seal. But they know who is the, right, the real person who is uh, behind it. Zezebel will want to win at all costs, even to the extent of killing the opposition, the person who stands against her way. So Zezebel begins to scheme so that Naboth will be killed, so that they can, she can take possession of the land and give it to to her husband. So people who are under Zezebelic inference, they will argue, they will attack or slander those who oppose to them or even kill them at whatever cost. They want their way. They do not think about the consequences. All that matters is what they want and they will want to get it. So she defiled those who are around her by her influence, by her ways, by her communication. So she wrote those letters and begins to influence those nobles, those leaders in neighbor city. And let's read uh, verse 9, 1 King 21 verse 9. In those letters she wrote, Proclaim a day of fasting and seat Naboth in a prominent place among the people. But seat two scoundrels opposite, uh, opposite him and have them testify that he has cursed both God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. So, can you see the manipulation of Zezebel. So she told the leaders, just get invite Nabal to the table over 
uh, fasting, whatever that is, a day of fasting. So it sounds very spiritual, it sounds very religious. You know, for Naboth, he will go because, you know, it's, it's a day of fasting. Your Naboth is a man who fear God. And she told them to sit Naboth in a prominent place. But then she get some people to come in to sit opposite him and testify against him and say that he cursed both God and the king and therefore he deserved to be stoned to death. So can you see how Jezebel-like spirit or how Jezebel will manipulate people, control people, use people to do what is in her heart, the wicked things that she has planned. And she has no qualm about slandering the servant of God, slandering Naboth, the man who fear God and honor God, who walks in God's way in order to get her way. So can you see that, that manipulation? And we see it today, we see it in churches. People will rise up and begin to accuse and slander the leader because they wanted their way. And they will go to the extent to destroy that, that ministry, to destroy the leader in order to get her way. So this is exactly what we read here about uh, Zezebel. Verse 11, So the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth city did as Zezebel directed in the letter she had written to them. So it's obvious that these elders, this noble, they clearly know who is the one who gives the instruction. Because after they have done it, even though it's in the name of uh, Ahab, after they've done it in verse 14, then they sent word to Zezebel. You see, they didn't send word to Ahab because the letter is, is in Ahab's name. They knew Zezebel is in control. They knew that is the command, uh, uh, the instruction given by Zezebel. But yet these nobles, these uh, uh, elders in the city, men in position of authority, men who should be able to discern what is right and what is wrong, and yet under the influence of Jezebel, they obey her. They did what she told them to do, knowing that this is not the right thing. You see, they were under the control of, of Jezebelic spirit. And so there are times we see innocent people, people who seem to be harmless, and yet, wow, they begin to obey the Jezebel that controls their life. They come under the influence of that Jezebel that is influencing them, that is uh, telling them what to do, uh, that is speaking words into their, their, their mind and their heart. And so they, they did exactly as what Jezebel directed them, and as a result, Naboth was killed. So, what is the purpose of all this? The purpose of all what Zezebel did is to take away the inheritance that God has given to Naboth under the covenant. 
So this is what Jezebelic spirit will want to do to destroy the inheritance that God has given to us through the covenant. So we must rise up at all costs. We must rise up to fight against this Jezebelic spirit in order not to uh, give away our inheritance in the covenant. So, Let's continue reading verse 15, uh, 14. Then they sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, Get up and take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Zerulite, that he refused to sell you. He is no longer alive, but dead. So after this thing, what happened? Verse 17. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in Naboth's vineyard where he has gone to take possession of it. Verse 19, Say to him, This is what the law says. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, This is what the law says. In the place where dogs lick up neighbor's blood, dog will lick up your blood. Yes, yours. So I mentioned earlier on, King Ahab and Jezebel, they've done a lot of wicked things. They brought in Baal worship. They killed the, 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 the prophets of God. We're not talking about one or two. We're talking, talking about in the hundreds. And yet until this time, God did not rise up to act. But now that King Ahab has gone to the vineyard of Naboth who has been murdered and killed, God sent his words to the prophet Elijah, go to meet him there and pronounce judgment on him. You see, this is the bottom line with God. He will allow things to happen and happen and there come a point in time, he said, that's it, enough is enough. So I hope by looking into this incident, we will learn how God treasure and value the covenant. How God will do what He can to preserve the covenant and, and, and He will uh, keep the covenant by, by giving His all into the covenant. And God wants us to protect and preserve the covenant. And, and remember, we talk about the land has to do with the covenant. The land is part of the covenant that God is fulfilling. And that's why when King Ahab and Zazbeth, when they touched the land, when they touched the inheritance that came through the covenant, God rise up and God said, enough is enough. That's the bottom line. And dealing with Jezebelic spirit, that's also what we need to beware of. 
You know, there are times we allow things to happen, but there come a time we rise up and that's it. This is the bottom line. We must act. This is the bottom line. Enough is enough. We got to do something. So that Jezebel will not continue to, to destroy what God is giving to us and preserve what God has given to us to the covenant. And uh, verse 20 of 1 King 21, we continue the story. Ahab, in response to Elijah's judgment, uh, uh, pronouncing the judgment upon him, Ahab said to Elijah, So you have found me, my enemy. You have found me, my enemy. I have found you, Elijah answered. Because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. He says, I'm going to bring disaster on you. I will wipe out your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. That's the extent of the judgment. God said, I will wipe out your descendants cut off from Ahab, every last male in Israel's slave or free. So God is going to destroy this whole family of King Ahab right down uh, to, the, to the descendants. So you see, Jezebel come in and cause division. When Ahab spoke to Elijah. He said, you have found me my enemy. You see, that's Jezebel's spirit. Who is against me? Who is for me? Those who do not follow her bidding is her enemy. And she will kill them, exterminate them if it's necessary. You know, otherwise she will slander, she will manipulate and, 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 and do whatever she wants in order to bring down that family, to bring down that church, to bring down that nation or that city. This is what Jezebel's spirit will do. And that's why in the letters to the churches in, in Revelation, God says you have to deal with it. Those who are victorious, you will have the key to, to rule over the nation. Otherwise, you will lose it. So Jezebel expects one to come in to destroy that, that inheritance that God wants to give to us. So she causes division to come in a family, in a church, and, and in a city and, and nation. And the only people who will rise up who will not come under her control are those who have the truth, are those who fear God. Can you imagine even the noble and the elders who are supposed to be, you know, leaders and God-fearing, they, they listen to her, but not Naboth, not the prophets of God, those who have the truth, those who have uh, the word of God. And that's why we see Zazabab, killing the prophets of God because she see them as opposition.
to her ways and to what she wants to do. But we learn a lesson here that those who destroy the covenant, God will judge them. Those who destroy the covenant, God will judge them. That's why in this particular incident, God rise up. God called the prophet Elijah to pronounce judgment because of this particular incident. Because it has to do with the land. It has to do with the inheritance. So that's why uh, tonight I hope we will learn these lessons that God is a covenant keeper. God take his covenant with us very seriously. He gave his son to seal the new covenant with us. And Jesus shed his blood to seal that covenant. And God wants us to preserve the covenant at all costs. We may suffer. We may suffer even economic loss and even loss of life. But we need to stand firm in the covenant. We need to protect what God has said and, and, and preserve the covenant, fulfill the covenant so that we leave behind a blessing to the generation. And those who destroy the covenant, they will be destroyed and even the generation after them will be destroyed. And so let's take warning that this is not just an incident that happened. This incident has great significance because God cares about His covenant and God will rise up and fight for us and God will deal with those who destroy, who wants to destroy the covenant, those who are under the, the influence of the Zezebelic spirit. So to close, I just want to read this verse again from Revelation to remind us uh, what Jesus has said. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. So God wants us to rise up. God wants us to have authority and to reign by dealing with Jezebelic spirit that tries to destroy it. So we're going to close, and I'm going to pray for all of us here, and pray that we will rise up. We will say, enough is enough, and deal with the Jezebelic spirit that tries to uh, influence our life, that tries to manipulate and seize control of the inheritance the authority that God has given to us to rule and reign. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you for your precious word. We thank you that you're reminding us how seriously you look at the covenant that you have made with us. And we pray that this message will really be imprinted in our hearts, that we will fulfill, that we will want to fulfill the covenant at all costs. And we will know even how to forfeit economic benefits in order to preserve the covenant. And Lord, I pray for everyone who listened to this message that this word will be crafted in, into our hearts, and that we will stand firm to see the covenant fulfilled. We will 
protect the inheritance that you have given to us, the authority that you have given to us to rule and to reign over the nations. Bless your people, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We will see you again next week. Amen.